0: Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Fitness, Food, and Freedom podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Stoltz. Today is episode 405 of the podcast. I'm giving you three big updates from things that I have learned from this little phase of full body training that I've done. I just finished my first kind of homemade program with full body workouts um, and I have three, well actually, okay, change that up. I got four um, different updates to give to you. I had to write down my fourth one here because I just thought of it as I started the podcast. So exciting. I have some kind of updates, I guess, since I just finished this program, it's gone really well. It was a 10 to 12 week program. I say 10 to 12 because we had a little deload here at the end. Uh, but it lasted just about 10 weeks over a period of about 11 and a few days. And, uh, I say it was a success, and it was such a success, not to spoil the episode, but it was such a success that I decided to continue forward with that type of training, some slightly different changes to my next phase that I might get into in a different podcast or including some different types of movements, Uh, but I do like it enough that I'm going to continue the experiment, and I want to see, at least through summertime, how that goes, Um, because it's kind of this type of training, I talked about this in a previous podcast, full body workouts is something I didn't give a fair shot to. I kind of knocked because it was the beginner thing, you know, and there was this little trend, this little phase where a lot of fitness personalities and um, researchers were going into full body training more frequently, five, six times a week, that was the type of training I wanted to do, so I kind of stuck with my guns, but I decided to give it a shot, old school three four times a week training full body and uh, my volume is a lot lower per body part these are all personalized metrics for me but I've learned some things I want to talk about four of those today in this episode thank you for listening and let's get started welcome to the fitness food and freedom podcast keep listening for some awesome advice on health motivation and becoming a better version of yourself Be sure to tune in every week for Motivation Monday, Workout Wednesday, and Foodie Friday. Behind the mic today, your host, a strength and conditioning coach, husband, and businessman, Jordan Stolz. What's up, everybody? It's another episode of the Fitness, Food, and Freedom podcast. I'm Jordan Stoltz, your host. Welcome to all of the listeners of this podcast, all of you loyal folk who have been here since the beginning and those who are new to the show. I'm Jordan, and I just like to do these short little episodes updating you guys on training, updating you guys on nutrition, answering questions, and helping people become the best version of themselves and more confident, more strong, more fit, more healthy live longer, and that type of good stuff. So I talked about this in the intro, my little experiment here with full body training, something that I didn't give a fair shot to something that I knocked here and there, even on the podcast, and I decided to dedicate myself to a program of full body training to see how it would go. And it went surprisingly well. Now there were cons to it, there were negatives. And really, that was more psychological. I think that the biggest hurdle in the full body program was just how you feel after each session, which I guess could be considered a pro or a con, but you just don't feel demolished. you know you some people like to go in and hit their legs or their back or their shoulders or something and just feel wiped out in that muscle group maybe get a little bit sore, feel that pump feel that burn um, and uh, you know just wipe them out. You don't really get that as well in full body training. Now, one of the things that's actually not one of these four benefits that I wrote down, but I I do want to mention it because it might be a little more individual to me. I'm not going to promise you'll get this as well, but I'm pretty sure of this full body training, I have lowered what my effective volume would be for a body part per week, or at least my volume is just much more effective per week, which is something I will talk about um, as one of my points today, but I've noticed a, you know, a good indicator, if you guys aren't really aware, a good indicator of actually a good workout is some kind of muscle pump. I think that's a very, actually a very important indicator. sounds a little bit bro-y, but it's something that you do need to kind of get in tune with. Even if your training is powerlifting, even if you're just training to be healthier and fit, um, you're not trying to be a bodybuilder. It's an important indicator of good training and good connection to the muscle group you're focusing on if you do three sets you know of a military press your shoulders should feel pretty pumped of with blood kind of hard to move a little uncomfortable to stretch that kind of feeling um, and if you're doing a full workout for a body part you should definitely be getting that which is kind of one of the things I enjoyed about training one body part which is actually why I like training that way, even though the science does not necessarily support it all the time. I do actually enjoy that because you finish a leg workout, you know, where you're doing five, six different exercises for legs, your legs just feel trashed, pumped, full of blood. It's a good feeling kind of gives you a little high from the workout. But I have noticed in the full body training, I get that feeling with only like three to six sets of something in one workout. Now, in the total course of the week, I might be doing, you know, 9 to 18 sets of that body part. So maybe I'm just maintaining that volume over the course of the week, and I'm doing about the same as I would have in a normal workout with a different type of split, and maybe the pump reflects that. But I think I get the pump easier when doing a little bit less volume and making that very, very effective volume, which I'll talk about today. Just a little side note indicator that I thought was interesting. I do want to get into kind of three points. This is going to be a shorter episode maybe because I'm just giving you guys an update. Got some Q&A episodes on the horizon. Next week, I am answering a question on alcohol and nutrition, among other things nutrition-related. And then we'll get into some good question and answers after that. Um, point number one, not to get off track too much here, is... There is a pro to full body training for the mental side of things. And that might be individual to me, but I'm going to share it because I think it could be it could apply to to other people as well because hopefully I'm not the only one here. Hopefully it's not just that I'm lazy, but I sometimes struggle with keeping my focus zeroed in on every set of every exercise if I know there's a lot coming in the workout. What I mean by that, to back up to the leg day example, let's say you're hitting legs and you got five exercises, four sets each, that's 20 sets you're doing for legs in that workout. That's a lot. And you you probably don't need that much, but regardless, it's hard for me on set number two of exercise number two. To really be in the groove of the workout, sometimes it's 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 easy to look forward in the workout too much. It's easy to kind of hold back a little bit and um, you know just go through the motions a little bit. It's it makes good exercises even become junk volume where you're just kind of going through the motions, not pushing yourself as hard as you should, and uh, not being really intent on each on each movement and muscle group. But because you're doing only one exercise, um, you know, you just are all out on that exercise, I guess you could say. And this kind of covers a couple points. I'll get into uh, another one here. The mental side of it is that you are very focused on what you're doing because you know, it's the only one you have that day. If you're doing, let's say one back exercise, you're only doing one arm rows you're going to make sure those one arm rows actually hit your back and you're going to pull with the right form, you're going to be fresh for that. And you're going to be focused on all of those sets because you don't have any more coming up. It is your back work for the day, you're done with your workout for your back after three sets or four sets. And you're still maybe doing the same volume, but it might be spread over the entire week. That focus and intent on each movement, because it's so limited is actually really powerful. I found that to be really beneficial. I'm getting more out of less because I'm so focused in on what I'm doing. If I have 3 sets of 8 to 12 reps on a front squat, I'm not just bouncing up and down on the front squat, not that I would do that dramatically poorly anyways in the exercise, but I you know, know that I want to get the right contraction, I want to get the right mobility, the right depth and really focus on the intent of that exercise. Kind of what I had is listed as my point number two, but I guess it's more like one B, full body training allows you to go all out on good movements. Just like I said in another day where you do maybe two squat variations, a lunge, a hamstring curl, leg extension, calves as your leg day, it's kind of easy to hold back. You might not know you're doing it. I didn't know I was doing it, but I was. If I had to do five sets of squats, but then do Bulgarian split squats afterwards, in the Bulgarian split squats or even the normal squats, I might have been holding back mentally and physically a little bit because I didn't want to fatigue myself too much, right? You don't push the limit. You don't really bring that intensity. But when you only have one exercise for legs, you're only doing back squats, three sets, five to seven reps or something like that. And that's all the leg work you're doing for that workout. You're going to warm up properly. You're going to make sure every rep is good with that focus and intent I was just talking about. But then you're going to push the intensity because if you don't, then you didn't hit that body part at all. And if you care about feeling like you had a good workout, you are going to push a little bit more. Uh, you're going to push a little bit more than you would if you had a lot more coming because you can't hold back for anything. If you do a front squat, but your next exercise is a pull-up, you want to make sure you're getting a lot lot of good leg work in. So you are going to push the weight. You're going to beat yourself from last week. You're going to push those last two or three reps that you know you can get, but it's a shaky struggle to get them. And then even more importantly, they're good movements. They're compound movements. They're movements that require a lot of... Muscle groups in your body, There are movements that require you to have good mobility, to have a lot of power, bring a lot of intensity, and push a lot of that mental barrier through. They are, you know, isolation movements are good, and I, you know, even I would say necessary, but it's a lot different to go all out on a set of squats than all out on a set of leg extensions. You might be on fire after all out set of leg extensions, but if you truly go all out on on squats because that's all you have for the day, that's going to have a profoundly different impact on your legs, on your strength, on your hypertrophy, than it's going to be on a set of leg extensions. That's just the truth, I think, and um, that's a big benefit of full body training that it's given me is knowing how to push and really finding my limits. And being able to just have way more effective workouts, similar to the pump I was talking about, you're just so much more effective on the movements you're doing. The next point I wanted to make is kind of an interesting one, which has to do with my next phase of programming. The last 10 weeks were very, very focused on normal lifts for the most part, barbell dumbbell lifts with, you know, some bodyweight exercises, some movements with like trx straps and bands and things like that that i have at the home gym but in general a pretty basic full body program the next 12 weeks are going to be a little bit more dedicated to some odd exercises some movements that are hard to fit in normal programming what i mean by that is let's say you do push pull legs as your workout program okay that's your split where do you put in farmer walks where do you put in Zercher carries where do you put in um you know sled pushes where do you put in sprints where do you put in high intensity cardio these are all puzzle pieces that are really hard to fit in a normal workout program i remember trying to program in sprints for myself but also not having the time to go to train two times a day so i couldn't necessarily do AM and PM sessions with one being sprints, one being weight training, which is what I would suggest. How do you fit in sprints or something like that into a training program? How do you fit in sled sprints, sled pushes uh, into your training? How do you fit in a yoke carry? When a yoke carry is a full body movement, you have this huge heavy implement on your back walking for distance or time. You're using everything But really what's getting smoked is your central nervous system. How do you include that? And full body has completely fixed that issue for me because it can go anywhere. It can literally go anywhere. It could go on the days between your full body workouts because something like a yoke carry, as long as you're controlling the volume and, and intensity there, it is also another full body workout. So it's just like another little workout that you can do, and it actually could enhance your recovery. Um, you can also include it on any of your days because, let's say, you train three days a week full body. You know, what would prevent you from doing a sprint in that workout? What would prevent you from pushing the sled? What would prevent you from doing a farmer's walk? It doesn't matter if it works the back, the grip, the legs the forearms, the shoulders, the traps. It doesn't matter what the main body part is because you're not classifying the movement as a body part. You're just doing the movement because it works your body and you're getting stronger at it. And that has opened so many doors for me in programming just to make it way easier. If you're trying to include some of these really beneficial and downright fun movements into your training, sandbag training, Olympic lifts, so many things go in this category kettlebells, all this stuff is great, but hard to know how to fit into a classic powerlifting or bodybuilding program without messing up your recovery on other stuff. And of course, volume still adds up by the end and you have to control the volume and intensity. But you can definitely make room for these exercises in your normal training, or even between sessions, and it's not going to hinder you much at all. If you're only doing three sets of squats in the workout, you are fresh enough to do sprints in the same workout. It's really not going to hurt your recovery that much. But if you do 15 sets of legs, you're not going to sprint that well. And if you sprint before you do 15 sets of legs, good luck. So I found it really easy to program compared to other types of training. The next thing and the last thing, and probably the most important one today is that you get insane recovery benefits from the added frequency. I hesitate to say that you probably heard that at first because too much frequency can hurt your recovery. If you're doing, um, let's say you're doing bench press five days a week, or even four days a week, or even three days a week, just a flat bench press, you're probably not going to recover that well from it. So it does require some proper programming knowledge uh, to manipulate reps, exercise variations and things like that to make sure that you are progressing in the right way and recovering from each movement and not getting overuse injuries. But in general, if you're smart about what exercises you choose and the volume you do them with, the increased frequency is actually great for recovery. I noticed this, especially in squats. Um I've talked a little bit a few podcasts ago about working on mobility again and getting a little bit more into that, focusing on that uh becoming more mobile and healthier in my joints where I started to feel a little bit of random aches and pains that I hadn't felt in a while. This full body training's actually done wonders for that in being ready to go without as much of a warm up, without as many uh stretches and things like that to get into positions. Squats as an example. Um uh, Before, I'd have to do a lot of hip mobility drills, some ankle mobility drills, thoracic spine, get warmed up, go through those movements. It would take a while, 10 to 15 minutes of warm-ups, and now it probably only takes a few minutes and a few warm-up sets is all I really need to get into good position because it's just the repetition. Practicing, doing that over and over again is great for mobility, but it's also good for recovery, I feel, because getting in a squat a weighted squat, right? And I say it generically like that because it's different variations. Say it's day one, a back squat, day two, um, maybe a front squat, day three, maybe it's a Bulgarian split squat or a lunge. And that's the leg exercises for the week. Regardless, you're working the right muscles. You're getting into hip flexion, hip extension, whatever you are training. Um, But you're getting that full body mobility work essentially with each training session, weighted stretches, right? You're doing weighted stretches at the bottom of a squat. You're doing weighted stretches for the hamstrings with a deadlift variation. You're doing weighted stretches. If you're doing pull-ups or pull-downs, you're doing weighted stretches for the pecs. If you're bench pressing or dumbbell bench pressing, you're getting full body mobility training with your actual workouts. And, you know, I will say even controlling the volume in each session a little bit better has improved my recovery. It's not just the frequency. It's actually doing a little bit less. Like, this is a very personal one. Maybe that doesn't apply to everybody, but maybe you can relate in a different manner. For example, like, training the chest really hard and getting sore pecs always hurt my training in the next few days. Because even if I did a pull day, a leg day, a sore chest would be pretty uncomfortable but also like make my neck really tight my traps really tight my upper back tight to try to compensate from that soreness I'd sleep worse and all of those things combined made worse recovery overall so I feel like because I'm not getting sore and I'm not getting uh, you know as blown out in that muscle group I recover better as a whole get the mobility work from all that frequency and then also just doing the movement if you are a little bit sore, doing it again, and then doing it again on Friday, that's going to help you recover as well. If you have a sore chest and you have to wait a week to do another chest exercise, that's not great. It's probably better to go through the movements, do a bench press on Monday, you get kind of sore, do an incline bench Wednesday, do a flat dumbbell bench on Friday, you're going to be recovered and feel pretty good at that point. Um, yeah, and that's about it. I think that these are all interesting benefits that might be totally individualistic to me. They might not be um they might not be that I guess relevant to you, but maybe you can find some value in it because it's all things that I didn't think about either before I started the experiment and I guess the I guess the point of the episode is that it might be worth your time to experiment with. I I'm going to work on putting together some kind of program here and giving it to you guys because I think that this could be a valuable thing for you to try. Call it the full body experiment or something like that. Um, I think that it's a great way to train for people that don't have a lot of time. It's a great way to train for people who struggle with recovery, don't want to live in the gym. There's so many benefits to it that I never even thought about before I got into it. I'll keep you guys updated and I'll be back next week with another episode on Monday uh, with some question and answers specifically about nutrition next week. So be sure you stay tuned for that. Subscribe to the podcast if you aren't already. Check out my Instagram. StoltzJordan is the handle. You can ask your questions for the podcast there. And I'll talk to you guys next time.